Hi there, and welcome to the Creative Endeavor podcast. This is a podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. And if you're new here and you haven't heard the podcast before, maybe I should take just a quick minute to explain to you what this is all about and why the heck I'm doing this whole thing. You see, when I first started out as a professional artist, I thought that I was beginning to figure things out. And I began to see that some of the actions that I was taking were starting to get results. But the further along I went in my creative journey as a professional artist, the more I realized just how many different ways there were to make this work. That it wasn't the standard, be good at drawing, go to art school, come out, show in a gallery, and then, hey, you've made it. There are so many different options that we have available to us today, and many of them are just at our fingertips. And this is a really exciting thing about the time and the day and age that we're living in. And I've said often in the podcast before, you may have heard me say this, that there has never been a better time to be an artist. Now, this is exactly why I'm reaching out to so many different people around the world to find out how they do it. Because what I'm starting to realize is I don't have it all figured out. Sure, I've been able to make it work for myself, and I've had a modicum of success, and not without my trials and tribulations, of course, like we all have. But there's so much more that we can gain by listening to others and hearing stories from other people who've been there and have done it. And every time I talk to somebody, I'm finding that I'm coming away with a new strategy of how to approach my art business. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Kate Zambrano, and we're going to find out what makes her tick creatively and how she's dealt with some things over her career, namely social media. We got into the thick of it with social media, in particular Instagram, and what can happen to some of us sometimes when Instagram changes an algorithm. You see, there's a lot of these changes that come down from the top, and they can have a drastic impact on the way we run our business. So I wanted to talk to Kate all about that, but also how she makes some of her artwork. You see, Kate Zambrano does some stunning charcoal and pencil drawings, as well as paintings. And I've been following her on Instagram for some time and was actually really inspired by her work when I was just starting up Sketch Endeavor. And Sketch Endeavor, of course, is a drawing series that I put out on my YouTube channel. I really enjoyed this episode. It's awesome when you have a guest who's so open and willing to share. So without further ado, here's Kate Zambrano in The Creative Endeavor. Kate Zambrano, welcome to the Creative Endeavor podcast. I love starting the podcast off this way. So let me just ask you a very broad question to begin, because it's always so exciting to hear about how somebody starts off on their creative journey and then ends up being a successful artist. Can you you take us back to the beginning of when you first realized you wanted to be an artist and what that kind of moment in your life was like? For me, it wasn't necessarily a light bulb moment. Like, I want to be an artist. It was more, I'm tired of doing all this other stuff and I, maybe I can try to do this. And so I just decided to try it and just stick with it. I think that's the only difference is like, I didn't quit doing it. 
like I quit everything else. But the things that I quit weren't necessarily like awesome stuff. It was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I just wanted to do something and like feel fulfilled. So I mean, you know how it is whenever you're making something and you can't get it and you're not sure why. So you just keep trying it like this was the only thing I've ever done that made me feel that way. And I've continued to feel that way the whole time. So that's how I ended up here. I still don't feel like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be an artist or I'm an artist. Like, it's that's what I do. And that's what I am. But it doesn't. It feels weird to quantify yourself in that way. So for me, this is just like what I've chosen to do and not give up on. I guess (laughs) that's awesome. I mean, was there ever was there ever another, um, so there was never another option for you that, that you allowed yourself? I mean, a lot of people, when I, when I talk to other artists, you know, it, it can either go one of two ways. When they express a desire to be creative as a youngster, you know, and, mm. and, and wanting to go into creative field, they either feel like an enormous amount of support or challenge from those around them. You know, I was really lucky. Yeah. I said, hey, I want to be an artist when I grow up. Um, in fact, I, at that time, I was like a really serious kid. I'm like, I am an artist right now. That's never going to change. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be cute. I was just one of those little, just yeah. little kids that you. you it's like, super amazing that you knew that. Like that, yeah. I never had that moment. So it's like it's really cool that you just knew that you yourself you're made out of everything mm. that makes art. But it, it was look. It was easy for me because my father was an artist, and and so him being a professional artist was like, <clears> okay, <throat> kid, here we go. Let, let's just do it. So for you, when you were when you were you know kind of getting into it, what was that? What was that like from the people around you? Um, did they did people- not understand? Like wow, I'm from Texas originally, so like there were just so many things that I did in my life that like I'm sure my dad was like, oh man, like what a not Texan. <laughs> Like, I don't eat meat. I'm vegan. He's like, bummer town. And then I moved to New York City, and I'm like, I'm going to be a model. And then they're like, what? (laughs) And I moved to L.A. like as a model. My dad's just like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, hey, dad, I'm going to be an artist. (laughs) So, like, only recently has it really, like, kind of stuck that, like, that's what I do. My dad still, for a while, was just like, I don't don't get it. Like, I don't understand what you do. So it wasn't like – I'm going to do all these things. And everybody was like, yes, yes, you are. That's incredible. Mostly it was just like, huh? (laughs) Like they didn't understand. So I didn't necessarily meet resistance against it. Like, no, you can't do it. Or yes, you should do it. It was mostly just like, whatever you want to, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm from Texas too. (gasps) Are you in Texas or you from? My whole family's from Austin. So um, yeah, I was born in a place called Kerrville. So my entire, oh, yeah. you know where that is? Uh, yeah, that's like, like it comes on, like Randy Beamer talks about it during the weather, like about, you know, that's where <laughs> the intense weather always is in Kerrville. I'm like, why doesn't it come to shirts? Like that's where I lived in shirts. In shirts. Okay. Most people don't know shirts. So I say San Antonio because it's just like, you know, just right there. Yeah, but cool, cool. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, I'm one of those, t- I got out a bit like you, I got out of there, um, but you got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, I mean, there's a lot going on in Texas. Apparently, Austin's a really... Texas. We're driving to Texas next week. Like, my family's still there. We have a great time there. But, like, at the yeah. time when you grow up in a small town in Texas, it's yeah. not like you want to get out. <laughs> like, you yeah. don't... Now it's better to go back now. But, like... Any kind of small town, you got to get out. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you. no, not at all. No, no. Look, I, I just, it's it's so cool. Um, So, so that when you, when you started doing this and you first realized like you could do this for, 
your your professional like life and and derive right. an income <laughs> from this. Where were you at that time? Like how when when did that transition happen? Were you holding down maybe a part time job at the time, and then yeah, you you just launched into into yeah, I was like art? working like little jobs, you know, like not career type jobs, just like oh, you're gonna work in like a marketing place, or you know, like I, I had the weirdest jobs. Like when I lived in New York City, I worked at the NYMEX building, like Wall Street type stuff. Not qualified for that. Sorry, NYMEX. Um, but like, I, I just, just anything to like pay your bills. It wasn't necessarily like I was fulfilled by these things. So I would like, you know, like do assistant work or I would do like admin, executive, like, you know, data entry things. But I would always have something around. Um, and then like somehow I lucked out in being able to, you know, draw while I was working. Or, you know, if I was an assistant, I had a lot of time. <clears throat> So I was just, you know, drawing, trying to like get better. So I was able to do it. it wasn't like a grueling job that I had at the time. And then I started kind of accumulating a lot of things, building like luckily I came into I feel really lucky that I didn't come into art like 10 years previous before like the Internet. I came into it when Tumblr was like really hot. And so like I started posting my stuff on Tumblr. I got like I think I had like a thousand followers and I was like, this is like, what? Like, that was a lot. That's wow. so many people, a thousand right. people liked my stuff, like reposting, reblogging it. A friend of mine said, Hey, you should check out Instagram. I was like, Oh, that photo filtering app. Yeah, I have that. And I didn't know it was a social media app. I was just like, Oh, there's just like a thousand pictures of Nashville style dog photos of my puppy or something. Like I thought it was just like to like edit and like put filters on your stuff. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So I moved over to <clears throat> Instagram and then just from there, it started building. So I had like an accumulation of work, like in sketchbooks. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to sell these for like 50 bucks. And then like they sold out. And I was just like, you guys like my stuff? Like, that's incredible that people wanted to buy my work. And then from there, people would be like, oh, well, we draw so-and-so. So then commission started and then gallery started. So luckily, I didn't have to, I don't feel like I had to work as hard as people did like, you know, 10 years previous to me. Mm. it's difficult to maintain it because social media is so like rapid and quick moving. But like at the time, that's when I decided whenever I was just like, I was chasing that, like wanting to get better feeling while still like being able to have people like, Hey, I'm going to give you some money for, you know, this drawing of so-and-so or whatever. And I just kind of didn't have a light bulb moment, but I did have like, I want to do this. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is the only thing that's ever made me feel this way. That's awesome. That is so cool. I, I I was one of those people that came up before the internet and it was definitely before uh, social media started. And so it was, work. well, it was, but it was, it was a it's, different time. And I was very lucky to be caught in a kind of like a microcosm of a really healthy market, really healthy area uh, in Perth and Western Australia is where I mm -hmm. kind of built my career. So by the time I hit social media i was already late to the game people already had huge instagram facebook even youtube channels which i'm pretty mm, active yeah. on youtube now so i was late coming into this but but you had an actual like in-person career like that's what's yeah. hard now with instagram yeah like the people that are like instagram famous or mm. have all these followers it's not sustainable because like now they're hiding people like they don't show up the algorithm's different like it's amazing to see like how quick it like fizzles out like these little mm. things were just like it's like a fad. So like the things that you actually did, like I am actually envious of it because right. 
I didn't come up like it's I feel really lucky for like the you know however far I've gotten Mm. to this point but it's not since it's not sustainable I'm just like man I wish I would have had the the hours you know putting into actual networking like in-person things and like a solid base of tangibility I guess yeah so there's a tangible nuts and bolts (laughs) business aspect to to being an artist which I try to maintain and sustain um, independent of what's going on online. Because I, I find this social media thing, maybe we could talk about this a little bit. Because Love to. The so, bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> social media is a really interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, look, you're sitting on more than twice as many followers as I've got. I mean, like you've got, what is it? 85 something thousand, who's counting, right? But I mean, it's 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 almost an inconceivable amount of people because- That's, that's why I don't know. Because I can't, yeah. I don't, I think- Maybe a hundred I could understand. Like I, I've met a hundred people. Like I could list probably a yeah. hundred people that I met. I don't. It just like you said. It's just like inconceivable. I can't imagine eighty five thousand yeah. people that are like, "Hey, your work's cool." I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> like, I want to hide because totally, I'm like, yeah. totally overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, the the way I try to think about this is is I, I don't know what what's the big concert hall in the United States, Madison Square Gardens. So if somebody plays at Madison Square Gardens, how many people is big, that? Is that like nearly 50,000 people or so? Is that what that one is? I I, I don't know. Somebody's probably fact checking (laughs) this right now. (laughs) Let's go with this. But I try to imagine, okay, look, 50,000 people standing in front of you in like a stadium type arena. I would cry. (laughs) 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 Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just like run off. But this is the interesting thing because here, and and this is why I love talking to artists like, like yourself, is because when we get to hear from people like you, that it's not about the numbers thing that what it's about is actually to hear you i want to hear you talk about the work that that's what i really want to get into but the 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 social media dynamic that we set up as artists i found that when i first started out i'm not sure if you were like this as well i mean there was a cool novelty factor of you know you get a thousand two thousand then maybe ten thousand it just then you get to the ten there's a k like yeah there's a k i remember being at dinner like it's going to happen. <laughs> like a loser. <laughs> but like, I just, again, I couldn't conceive that yeah. many people. Like as soon as it went to like from nine, like it says it, however, like 9,000, whatever. And then as soon as you get to 10, you get the K. And I was just like, <laughs> got no, got to get that K man. Got to get that K. Speaking out about like, really guys? Yeah. But, but, but it's, it's to me, you know, looking at it now from, from my perspective, um, and, and again, not, not as big a following as, as what you've got, but I still look at it and I'm like, whoa, man, like you could really lose yourself playing the social media game and yeah. completely oh my God, yes. divorce yourself from the artwork and the creativity, you know? I, got, I mean, yeah, I'm like definitely, sorry to like cut you off. Like no, I went through it last year. Like whenever they did the algorithm shift, my life, my livelihood, my income comes from mostly the internet. Like actually that's how people find out about my workshops. That's the internet is my career. So especially Instagram, like if I needed to like pay bills, like, Hey, I have a, you know, I have these pieces available. People would buy it. People get commissions. Like it was pretty steady. I didn't need a gallery. I did the galleries to get a bigger following of people that could see my work. But I didn't need them because they took 50%. So why would I share it if I'm going to be selling it on my own? So that's how I, you know, that's my rationale. So whenever the uh, algorithm shifted last like January or February, 
everybody that I know was just devastated. Like it's getting less and less. I read an article recently, like our, our reach is going to eventually be 0%. It's at less than 1% now. So like, how are people supposed to make a living where they used to make a living? So I did get wrapped up in it. Like I didn't necessarily lose a lot of followers because like people, you know, like they unfollow you all the time, but you usually get more in. And so like that didn't really affect me. It was that each post I was making wasn't getting seen. And people would be like, hey, are you still making art? Like, yeah, for sure, like every day. But they weren't seeing it. So it before people were talking about it, it felt very personal. And it felt like my career's over. Like this is only happening to me. And like I went into a huge depression over it because Mm. like you said, like you lose yourself, you divorce who you were and making the art. Like I was making art for Instagram basically to make a living. So it was like my career was just like, oh, I know people like highlights in the eye. I know like people like me to do this. So anytime I would do something out of that, they didn't like it. Now they like it even less, but because I don't have a reach anymore, now I'm free to do whatever I want. Because now it's like gone from like Instagram moving my life to like, hey, now I can make art for myself again, which is why you have to make it. So it kind of like serendipitously worked itself out even though I'm still not reaching anybody. Like, I don't even know if anybody sees my work anymore at all. I'm still on there, by the way. But like... I see your work. I mean, that's... great. Because like, (laughs) sometimes like, I don't even see my boyfriend's posts. Like, it's weird. I'm like, where are the people that I want to see? I follow these people because I love their work or I, you know, like they're my friends. I want to see what they're up to. Yeah. And should we, should we just mention in case he does pop up in the background or we're talking about your boyfriend, your boyfriend is Sean Cheatham. Can we just mention that in the podcast? Yes, Amazing, amazing (laughs) painter and and somebody that I'm really looking forward to talking to as well. So I I always wondered what it would be like to date or be with another artist. I mean, I'm married now. I've been, been with my wife now for, for 10 years. And, Congrats! That's a really long time. Uh, yeah, well, we're 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 hoping to go all the way, you know. So we're uh, <laughs> all the years. All, all the years. Um, I feel like no. that's the intention for sure. Of course, <laughs> of course. We, I, this has five years tops. <laughs> but um, but I, I always I always kind of thought I wonder what it'd be like to be with another artist because, man, she has got her work cut out for her, handling <laughs> me. Like, I mean, come on. And I'm thinking if there, I I couldn't, I can't deal with my own stuff, let alone another creative professional. How does it, can I ask you, Kate? Yeah, for sure. How do you make that work? (laughs) Well, luckily with Sean, like it's the best, easiest relationship. Like I don't necessarily believe all artists can be with each other because there's a lot of like ego or jealousy or competition or whatever, Mm -hmm. like. I mean, I don't feel competitive with Sean at all. I'm proud of him for everything that he's accomplished, everything he's done in his life. Like, it's incredible. I, I It would be weird of me to be upset or resentful or anything like that sure. because that's what attracted me to him. Like, that's, that's amazing. Like, way to go, guy. Like, you're awesome. Hmm. But, like, it does fuel me to be better because, like, it's really humbling to paint next to someone like him. You're just like, please don't look at this. Like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like he comes over to like, oh, what you working on? I'm like, please, God, don't look at it. (laughs) Like last night we sat at the table and we were like, let's draw each other from life because we're doing a demo together in Texas um, in like on the 23rd. I don't know if that's in a week or two weeks. I don't know what today is. Um, But 
he and I were sitting across from each other, drawing each other. And like, we're not used to like, first of all, being still when we're working. And then second of all, we're drawing each other. So there's like an added pressure to it. And then it's like, oh, and then it's just casually like Sean sitting across from me, just drawing me. <laughs> okay. Wow. So it, his ended up, he kept working on his, his looks good. Mine, I didn't really, I was just like, you're moving too much. I can't, <laughs> I just gave up. <laughs> oh, gee. That's, that's yeah, one so of those. It, it ended up working out really well. Hmm. It's one of the one of those high pressure situations drawing, you know, your significant other. But I imagine like because I've had that because I've drawn and painted Rachel. Um, and it, that's initially yeah. how, how I met her because I, I was like, man, I got to paint your portrait. I just thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd, I'd ever seen. Still, I'm going to say that, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> but, cute. but um, I uh, I was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine if she was trying to draw or paint me at the same time. That that would be too so much. much pressure. Yeah. But like, it's also super fun. Like we have, like we, all we get to do all day is like hang out and talk about art or make art. Like he's cool. like, he doesn't like, I mean, he works a lot, like, you know, doing workshops and he has his own like personal work, but like we all know his personal work's not necessarily like pictures of me. Like it's going to be like cowboy stuff, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, boy stuff. But yeah. like, so I'd get to draw and paint him a lot more than like he does because now he spends his spare time, you know, making knives and mm -hmm. doing other things like that. Like, so he gets to do his hobby when he's here. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cool. Um, look, I, I want to, before we completely turn loose of that thread of what we're talking about <laughs> with this social media, yeah, I, let's, I, let's, let's just, just, just let's just, well, no, I, let's just circle back because this is really interesting. You're you're kind of making a case for what I've said a few times in the podcast, which is about um, diversification and mm -hmm. and having things to kind of level it out a little bit, so that you um, you you basically can bear the brunt of of whatever's thrown your way. Definitely. So there's a lot of stuff that's within our control. Um, which, I, which I've said, and people will remember from listening to previous episodes, and I've said that a bunch, you, you, there's there's a, a finite amount of what you can control and a whole heck of a lot of what you can't. Yeah. And and this is just one of those <laughs> decisions made by a company. Again, Instagram being owned by Facebook, you know, it's just, it's a stroke of the pen, maybe a change of a law or something. And they right. go, we're going to just change and just turn the dial a little bit here. And you get a wholesale fundamental change in the dynamic of your business. And I, I can right. appreciate that that would, you know, it would send me into a depression and into definitely a panic. Like, yeah, my God. Because that's like, all I know. So yeah, yeah. It's so, a little crazy. So now, like from that, like you found yourself then. So at that time, were you were you dealing with galleries while that was going on as well? At that time, no. I was okay. like, I'm done with galleries, like as a whole, because I don't really. I mean, I've shown with quite a few galleries, and I've done quite a few shows at this point in my career, uh, or at that point in my career, I'll say, and all of my dealings. I, I just burned bridges because I didn't appreciate how I was being treated. Like galleries changing my frame at a show without telling me because they didn't like the frame, not getting paid for work that was sold, um, taking 50% whenever like all I was doing was being harassed about like posting stuff um, so that my personal collectors would go and buy from their gallery. So I was done with it. I was like, I can do this on my own. So I burned all the bridges and like just left the gallery world pretty much altogether, except for like, you know, friends, people that I liked, you know, like galleries that I still like, or, you know, like friends galleries or something. But 
um, at that point I didn't have anything else. I was just like, yeah. well, shit. <laughs> like I had, I had not had a backup plan. Yeah. So that's what sent me into such a panic and a depression because I felt like it, it felt, it, I know it wasn't, but it felt personal. It felt like all these people like didn't want to see my work anymore. All these people, I don't know, like we all have like some sort of degree of, uh, imposter syndrome. So I felt like, Oh my God, I've been found out. Like I'm a fraud. <laughs> like somebody oh, wow. told them that I'm not a trained artist and this is why oh. this is happening or, you know, whatever. But okay. I look, I, I, I look <laughs> sorry, at your work and you are so, you are so good. I'm not just saying that because, you know, you're sitting here in front of me on Skype. I, I just, I look at your work. I'm like, wow, how could somebody like you possibly have that imposter you know, syndrome thing going on. And, and I just, because it's just, it's, it's great work. But again, on the gallery side of things, like I, I totally reflect that experience and, and I, I, I too burned bridges and maybe burned a few too many. And I don't um, care. I don't waste yeah. my time and I don't like to be treated like shit. So I'm just like, no, bye. And no, I, no, it's cool. But, like, but it's standing on the other edge of the river and then looking back and going, oh shit, I got to get <laughs> like, back oh. onto the other side. I can't cross there anymore. So you I know. can't swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, no, um, I totally was like, oh, there's everybody on that side. <laughs> so when did the, because I can hear that this is part of it now. Um, well, actually, before I ask this, uh, maybe we should just insert this in the podcast, because I think, I think it's very easy to see, not that I'm an expert on this, but I think it's, it's relatively easy to see looking back now on, mm -hmm. on what, what was going on back there with Facebook? Because it first started with Facebook. We all saw what right. happened with Facebook because yeah. there was a time when Facebook came out, everybody jumped on. You could right. make a post. It would go viral. It would be seen by tens of thousands of people. It was the greatest thing. Oh like, my goodness. And when I <laughs> when I first started, I, I, did a, I did a how to paint tutorial. It was my first video on YouTube. We cut, we cut a trailer for the video and I posted it out there and it went within a week to about a million people. I was like, whoa, like whoa. just, just a, like a one minute little clip thing. And it's like in, impossible up until that, like up until that, that time period, like that, yeah. that's, it was, wow. It was huge. And then, and then I was looking at it going, oh, let's do it again. So the next one went from a million to 2000. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> And it was like, it like it's missing a couple of zeros. Yeah, I, I need a few more. And then I, I never quite got back to that level on Facebook. But right at that time, which was really interesting, is Facebook had opened their gates wide open. They had attracted everybody in to buy into the model, so to speak. And they people now, artists, we'll keep it specifically about artists. We could share our work, our creativity with people all over the world. We didn't have to pay a cent. And I think mm -hmm. this was a calculated decision. Obviously, it was calculated on Facebook's part. Now, okay, you got all these people, you want them to see everything that you post? Cool. Give us some money. Right. Because they now, realize like, hey, wait, you guys are making money on our free app. We're we need some of that money because yeah. that's not fair. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> I think they knew that this was going to happen. I, I, oh, I just you think that they were like oh, reeling everybody in. Oh, that's yeah. Maybe I mean, maybe I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist, but yeah, of course. I mean, these are smart people I love doing conspiracy this. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> 
Not lying. <laughs> okay, all right. Send me the conspiracy theory. We'll go down this rabbit hole maybe off air. Uh, but <laughs> well, we could we can swap conspiracy theories. I'd be like, did you hear the one about the? Yeah. Oh anyway. my god. <laughs> <laughs> but but then okay, so people went from Facebook over to Instagram, right? And Instagram so, was like, holy moly! Yeah. Now I don't have to read my grandmother. Like, not sorry if my yeah. grandmother's listening, but like, yeah, like now you can cut all that stuff out and just get to the pictures which you wanted anyway. Like, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, it was. Insane. I couldn't yeah. believe that this was my life. Like I get to just scroll on Instagram and all the art is on here. Mm, mm. So, so now I guess the only way to get around this is to be one of those people that pop up as a really irritating sponsored post mm -hmm. and selling you the next thing. And, <laughs> and there, which is not undoable. I mean, you could, you could set aside a portion of your income to start advertising on these social media platforms. Right. <laughs> but I think Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe you feel the same. I, I'm not sure. T tell me what you think. But I, I think that this is a creature that's, it's like that proverbial creature eating its own tail. Like, yeah. I, I think this is a thing that's like consuming itself. And yes, out, of, out of the ashes, something else will come up and, and we'll have a new platform, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, when that's I listen what, to- Yeah, we're all know. kind of waiting for the next thing. I think we're all hmm. like collectively tired of, you know, the social media as it is right now. And we're just kind of waiting for something to rise up or, you know, even if it's not another app, just like the next thing that we can all just be like, cool, now we get to see our, our favorite artists again. Yeah. Or now we get to buy art from this person or, you know, like sell our work again or whatever it may be. Yeah. Who well, knows what that's going to be? <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe somebody listening to this thing will create something Help just us. for artists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, look, but, but that said, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that are like, okay, guys, okay, settle down. Very, very easy for you to say. You got tens of thousands of followers, you know, on, on, on Instagram and, and, and wherever. So, so what do you say to the people that want to have social media as part of their career and as part of, you know, their arsenal of how they share their work with the world? How do you, what, what advice would you give to somebody listening about how to approach this new world of social media? Would you even try? I, I think that, you know, like we're taught that humans are really social creatures and we need, you know, interaction. I think we've gotten to be too social. I think that it's too much now where we can like stalk people and like just know everything that everyone's doing at any time. Like, why is this so interesting? So I don't, at this point in time, like you're saying, like the, you know, creature eating its own tail, I think it's, it's kind of collapsing in on itself. And we're all just like, we want to still maintain some level of like social media, but also like we just want to make the work. So at this point, if someone's just now getting into it, I'd say like, try to come up with something other than just the social media thing where it's like, Hey, my name's so-and-so. This is my art. Does anybody want it? Hashtag artist of the day, hashtag Instagram artist or whatever they say that which hashtags work, which don't anymore. Like it's, it's just, it's dying. It, I really feel like everyone I've talked to about this topic were like, it's not even frustrating anymore. We're all just like tired of it and like waiting. I don't yeah. think that it's worth it to even, I know this is so bleak. Like <laughs> I don't have any advice at all. Like go meet some galleries, like go yeah. make relationships with people, have like actual in-person studio sales, like make 
like go out and network, which is something that I didn't ever believe in until I started doing it. Like up until a few years ago, I was, you know, living in reclusive places. I move all over the country all the time. Like I don't, I didn't believe in networking. I was like, no, I got the internet. Like I don't need, I don't need to talk to people. I don't fucking like people. Sorry. (laughs) I don't like people. I don't want to be around them. I don't talk to them. Like I don't need to, but I've realized that, you know, now I have a really solid foundation of artist friends and that feels good because I didn't really have that before. Like it was like a few artists here and there, but we never saw each other. Now it's like people that are actually supportive of one another. We're inspired by each other. It feels good because it's a tangible thing. It's not just like someone liking your post, which Mm. I, I know like perhaps people would think like I'm being jaded or something because I have opinions on all of this with however many followers I have. I'd rather have 10 followers and have a a career and be able to sell my work to people who appreciate it than have however many I have and feel depressed about it. Like that makes sense. It's not a a healthy place. I think that like you said before, like people do get obsessed with it. They get caught up because that's their identity at that point. You can put out a fictitious person and who you think it's going to be, but the real you, like we can see like how insecure you are. We can see how like it, it's transparent. So yeah. like, I think that all of the things that we're trying to project out into the world on who we are, it's going to show like who we actually are in the end. Like during that time when Instagram, like, you know, just really changed everyone's life and stopped letting us see our friends work that's whenever we all kind of really had to be humbled and pick ourselves up and keep going and think of something else to do and so I don't think that social media is the answer but I don't think it's not the answer I just think that Mm. how it is right now isn't good Mm. I I I really appreciate you saying this because there's so much about even our 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 mental health our mental well-being as artists and creatives because Look, for myself, for a lot of the artists that I know, mental well-being and stuff, and I don't want to get into the weeds too much on this, but it's touch and go for a lot of us. You know, we're sensitive people. We have our heart on our sleeve. And so by feeding into this dynamic that only only you only respond to in a physiological way because it's got you hooked it's got you addicted and it's again i've talked about this in the podcast before about balancing the internal and the external that's all external and and the minute you start focusing over here you're getting into an unhealthy territory you're no longer focused on doing your art for your reasons you know this this reminds me of a scene out of a movie it's a crappy movie from well over a decade ago with eddie murphy called holy man and there was a part in that movie where Eddie Murphy is on, they realized this guy who was on a pilgrimage, Eddie Murphy's character could sell anything. So he was really big into infomercials and he started doing these infomercials. But meanwhile, he's, he's a holy man and he's on a pilgrimage. He just starts speaking his mind and telling the truth. About, yeah. and, and then, so he's going to sell this big thing. They built him up, spoiler alert, as if anyone's going to see the movie. But <laughs> They're like, wait, don't tell me. Yeah. Everybody like hit mute right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so towards the end, they built up this massive advertising campaign and he completely mm. destroys it and tells everybody, turn off the TV, go outside and feel the grass. Yeah. And I feel like this is what's happening now with, with the social yeah. media. It's like, we're suddenly going, oh, wait. And, and I love what you said there. I mean, it's not, it's, it's about having a balance between these things, isn't it? It's not just about that, that one thing. It's great. And but I don't it's think also... any of us signed up for what it is now. We all yeah. wanted how it was. And that was a balance because it was nice to like 
be able to put my work out there and then see someone else's work. And then like we get to share and stuff. I think that that's what people are about. I think that right now it's about chasing that high of like, Oh, how many likes did I get? Or like your first video got, you know, over a million. Now it's like, you know, the next one was 2000 and you like your initial reaction is to chase that high of like, I got to do better. I got to do what the masses want me to do. And that's where it becomes super unhealthy is whenever you're not being like who you wanted to be, what you wanted to say in the first place, which is something like, I can thank Instagram for changing the algorithm because I was putting out work that I knew would make a sale. Mm. Not that I didn't like it. I still liked it. I still believe in it. I stand by it. But it, it, I kept myself in a cage instead of like, oh, I really want to try this, but I don't know. I can't take a risk because I got to pay my bills or, you know, whatever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so so from there, like, so now, like, you're, you're getting back more into the nuts and bolts side of your art business. And I, I, I forgive that term, but I, I like kind of referring to it in that way. Yeah, it simplifies a, it. It, 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 it. It down. Yeah, it's a physical business. You, you've got yeah. a product, you're selling it to a client. <laughs> it's and you've economy, got, like we have to know about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you've got that side of your business going now. But now I'm hearing that there's a bit of teaching and things going into it as well. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about, you know, your teaching and how maybe that's kind of maybe added to your journey or has that been a blessing or, or a curse or how has how <laughs> teaching workshops affected you? It's affected me for the better, I think. I think that I taught my first workshop in San Diego three, I, three years, three, three and a half, four. I don't remember the year, um, <clears throat> but I'd say we'll just go with a solid three. Um, and I had it with, uh, another, fr- a friend, another painter, and we split it two days and two days. And <clears throat> I was super nervous. I was like, I don't know if I have to say anything. Like I'm self-taught. So I have imposter syndrome all the time. I'm just like, well, she went to school for art and you know, she's this amazing painter. And I'm just like, hi, I draw stuff sometimes. Like I taught myself, so don't take me seriously. So I went into it a little reserved and, you know, nervous and thinking people were going to like laugh at me, but then they were really receptive. Like apparently my method of like, I love drawing. I love charcoal. I think that charcoal on its own is a standalone piece and like screw anybody who says differently. But so I'm like, I teach a kind of unconventional method where I just like taught myself this fast way of getting to where I needed to go. And so other people started valuing that. So teaching that first workshop ended up being really it felt good because people were like oh my god I never thought about that way and it's made my life easier and so that I was like hell yeah that's all we're trying to do is just get there faster so after that I took maybe like a year and then I was like I'm gonna do another one and so then it just kept building from there and now I have the in-person relationship with other artists artists that are like so inspiring like incredible works like you know, the first workshop I taught, I met this incredible muralist, like just insane murals. And I'm just like, I've never, I could never, that's so big. <laughs> like I could never do that. But it's allowed me to now have a network of friends, artists that like we believe in each other and we support each other. And then also like listening to myself talk about why I'm making a mark or why I'm doing this and actually knowing I have intention behind what I'm doing instead of just like, I hope this works. Like it's, taught me things like about my own work. So I feel fulfilled in doing it. And I get, you know, like I get to travel and, you know, now Sean and I teach like at the same time at places. So like we get to travel together and, you know, do art and then meet people and have all these amazing experiences all over the world, which doesn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) 
at all. And then I just started a nonprofit. So now some of the workshops will have, you know, three or four spaces for like full scholarship for low income kids, like 12 to 17 range sponsored by generals, Trikel, Savoir Faire, every, everything's just given to them. So in the places where budgets are cut for art or maybe, you know, like however financial restraints on certain families, like I didn't grow up with like a lot of art supplies because we grew up, you know, very not rich, (laughs) but now I think that it's the most important thing because if I would have known that I could be an artist a long time ago, I think that my life would have been different. Not saying that I don't have any regrets about it. Like I'm here now and that's all that matters. But I'd like to just tell someone like whatever you want to do, like if you feel it, just do it because you can. I, I just started doing this and I'm doing it like anybody can do it. Please excuse this brief interruption. I just want to take a quick minute to tell you about this podcast's sponsors. Now, if you haven't already figured out, I love to paint. I think many of you listening will also love to paint. But it really does help to have the right tools for the job. And one of the most important tools are the brushes that you're using. You see, we can make all kinds of different marks with all sorts of different kinds of brushes, but... I found that having a good quality brush, something that holds itself together, something that is exquisitely crafted and is a consistent product is essential for me to carry out and create the work that I do in the studio. Rosemary & Co., in my opinion, make some of the best brushes on the market. That's why I've teamed up with Rosemary & Co. to put together some sets of brushes that you can find right now. I've got a set there for landscape painting, portrait painting, and even painting on plein air. Simply go to www.rosemaryandco.com and check out these brushes. They are by far my favorite brushes to use. And any purchase of any of those sets with my name on it goes towards supporting this podcast and the content that I bring out on my YouTube channel. And I thank you very much for checking that out. Now, while we're on the subject of painting materials, make sure you check out Blue Ridge Oil Colors. Blue Ridge is a company based in North Carolina in the United States. And Eric Silver, the man behind Blue Ridge, creates some stunning colors. And these are by far my favorite oil paints to use in the studio. I'm using these paints for my commissioned work, for the work that you see me produce on YouTube now. And I'm even taking these tubes out into the field when I create a plein air study. You see, color is so important. It's so vital what goes into each and every one of those tubes and I need that color to be consistent and I need it to be jam-packed full of pigment. I don't need a whole bunch of this extra fillers and dryers and extenders and all that sort of stuff. I just want to focus on the essentials, the good stuff. And that is what Eric Silver puts into each and every one of those tubes. Now, like with Rosemary & Co., we've put together some sets that are available right now on the Blue Ridge website. You can find a landscape set, a portrait set, and even a set to take out into the field and paint plain air. So if that sounds like something that you want to check out, please do make sure you go to blueridgeoilpaint.com. Have a look at that sets button. You'll find that along the top bar of the website there and click on any one of those and your purchase goes towards supporting this podcast and again, my YouTube channel. And I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for allowing this brief interruption. Let's jump straight back into our conversation with Kate Zambrano. Yeah. So it's been really amazing. So after 
all that shit happened with Instagram. I'm like depressed and blah, blah, blah. And I meet up with my business partner now, Neil at the nonprofit, who's this incredible like filmmaker and this amazing story of like his life and how he's like, you know, made nonprofits and been involved in charity. And it couldn't have happened at a better time because we're both like, doesn't matter what we're going through. Like, I just want to help someone else because nothing feels better whenever you're depressed than helping somebody else who, you know, doesn't have the means to. And like, not that it's, I'm not saying that it's a selfless act. It's completely selfish. I feel awesome whenever I help someone, but they do too. And maybe they will go on and help someone else. Mm. So it couldn't have happened at a better time. So after that happened with Instagram, my career was in a different place. I just started teaching more and then now made it a nonprofit. So no matter what's happening, like there's always someone I can be helping instead of feeling like, oh, Instagram took a shit. And now, oh, woe is me. Like, who cares? about artists earlier um how you know we have to battle like we do skirt the edge of you know depression or whatever it might be because we're all in our heads all day and your brain's never like you're doing a really good job (laughs) it's never supportive it's always like you should probably like do something bad like you should probably like just set fire to everything you know and whatever or you know like so we have to always have that like checks and balances so sometimes things do have to set like your life has to collapse or what you thought was your life has to collapse so that you can figure out the next thing to do mm-hmm. whether it's helping someone and then you know whatever go to a museum feel inspired like like find what made yeah. you do it in the first place instead of having that monster of a a career and unfortunately as artists we have our job as a hobby so it's like it's a little complicated because we have to always like be true to ourselves, but we also have to make money. So it's like, yeah, there's yeah. always a balance there. And yeah. it, it helps me whenever things explode to check back in on like, is this my authentic thing that I'm trying to say? Like, am I actually being true to myself or am I just doing this because I know, you know, Instagram will like it or whatever. Mm. And I, it really, I, mm. it, it, it was nice to build that from the ashes of just like, look, I wasn't really like, inspired by my own work like I know that might seem weird but like you know whenever you're on a roll and like whenever you you have a goal and you get there and you're already over there like that's the best feeling is whenever you're just like jiving with it and like really going full steam ahead and whenever that's not happening sometimes things explode and it is kind of like a serendipitous thing that happens where you are like okay well I wasn't even happy doing that so now I get to like check in and do what I wanted to do instead Hmm. I always find that there's a lag time between the event happening and that crisis taking shape and then the meaning that you derive from it. So what I've been getting better with in recent years, again, a a Tony Robbins quote that I've said in other episodes, I learned this from from listening to to his material and reading his books. I mean, I'm a massive consumer of personal development stuff, Mm -hmm. but the the quote or the, the saying is, is how could I use this? And for me, it always ends up happening much later down the track, but I'm getting better right. at kind of plugging that in right away. It's really hard too. Cause yeah. you, I mean, you can't beat yourself up about like, sometimes you need to like actually go through the load because like, mm-hmm. that's your growing time. Unfortunately, like I can be super self-righteous about it right now, but I'm not depressed right now. Like ask me in like however many months and whenever I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, and yeah. it, that's a very selfish thing because that's all you can feel like. Yeah. All I can do is be selfish because it's just me. Like, I'm all I can do. Like, that's all I got. So, like, you have to have the lows to come out and, like, reflect back. But, like, each time, 
each time is truly unique and different, but like mm -hmm. each time you can pull something, like you said, like, how can I use this? And then you fuel that for that, those times when you're just like on a roll and then it's, it's like, it's a cycle all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's again, um, I think it's just so important that we we try to to keep to the positive side as well as much as possible, like to just practice yeah. positivity and optimism. I think for right. creatives is really essential because I love what you're saying that why couldn't the voice in my head be the one standing on the sidelines going, you're awesome. You can do you're anything. Doing you're doing a great like, job. No, the like, way yeah, the no. way you rendered that shadow is just on point. Wow, Andrew, yeah. you're the best. That's the best log that's ever like, been like painted. Some gloomy emo kid, like that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. I, but uh, listen, I've got a gloomy emo kid in my head too. And um, <laughs> I, I, and I like, I appreciate you being so open with me about, you know, this stuff with with your journey and social media um i think it's important i think that people need to be more honest i think that we're kind of in a in a weird place where it's like the social media where we're like really social but we're also like lying to people about our journeys or how we work or whatever like do you use reference oh you did or like who gives a shit like it doesn't matter like all yeah. these things wouldn't you want to connect with people like how you're feeling it's not it's not you're the only person that's ever felt these things. Like other mm. people feel this way and it feels better to be vulnerable and connect with someone else that is brave enough to be vulnerable than to be fake and insecure and like mm. all alone. Yeah. So I like being honest and I don't see the harm in it. Do you think, do you think part of this dynamic because of technology, because technology is getting so good, like I can make a video feasibly mm -hmm right now, myself on my own, that would rival anything that could have been put on TV, say 10 years ago. Oh my God, you'd uh, blow everyone's mind. But now, now you can, you can do that because I've got, I've got the editing programs. I've got the filters. I've got the music. Mm -hmm. I've got, you know, I'm still building the experience. Sure. But I'm saying that capability is there. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's some element of the technology itself that causes us to put up like this polished veneer, so to speak? That then... I think so I think we've become desensitized a lot. I think yeah. that we're just like, it's, it's kind of like the same thing as the chasing the high of like likes and stuff, you know, what's worked and you see what someone else is doing. And you're like, you only see it purely for your next move. You don't, you stop seeing the art, you stop being wowed by the art because we have that all day. Like we can just look through thumbnail after thumbnail or like Instagram post after Instagram post of incredible art. And now we don't really see it anymore. We take advantage of it and we're just like, oh, well, he got like 9,000 likes in four minutes or whatever. Like we don't see it for art or what it's supposed to be anymore. We see it as like a competition. I think we've really lost ourselves along the way because we don't have feelings for what we're doing anymore. So you can make this crazy video that would have just like really, like if you went back in time would just be like, how much did you spend on that? But now people would be like, oh, that's cool. Like, Hmm. it's cool like, yeah, what yeah no look at it damn it how yeah. cool <laughs> how cool is tell this tell me how cool i am in the comments <laughs> <laughs> okay people listening to the podcast if you're still listening at this point please comment below if you're watching on youtube how cool are we in the comments no, cool? don't do that you're don't gonna get that. so many thumbs down and we're gonna cry <laughs> we're gonna make a depressed podcast <laughs> uh, but this, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, again, a lot of people are 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 coming at this, 
you know, because a lot of people, and, and I want this to go out to the people who are just starting out. I want this to be something that is, you know, ironically, you know, from from the tone of, of this conversation so far, something that is is positive and and and, and, and uplifting. I feel positively it about it. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. As it is, I feel really great. So, so I, I I hope that people understand it and and can hear that point because what this yeah. does is it drives us back to the source always coming back to the source. We're realizing now this is external. This is stuff that doesn't matter. Right. It's not yeah. about the likes. It's not about the views. It comes back to the art. It and, means literally nothing. <laughs> like yeah. it means so little that you get upset when you don't get a lot of them. Like that's how little it means. It mostly just makes you angry and anything that just makes you angry, you should get rid of it. And like, yes, I understand we can't just get rid of Instagram. A lot of us still have our careers on there somehow dangling by a thread. But like to let go of like it's a competition with everybody instead of like, hey, let's talk about our own unique journeys and how they're actually as like we might find a lot of different paths. Like we all still have pretty much the same feelings during the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like we've elected for this to be how we are going to make a living and support ourselves while staying creative, balancing all of that stuff. You think that every thought that you have right now and any depressing thought is uniquely yours? No. <laughs> like, artists have been battling mental health since the beginning, as we know. Um, and also, I think that we need to share more with each other. Not like, you don't have to tell me your whole life story, like, share what you're comfortable with, but like, just share your actual and authentic feelings of yeah. like, how do you really feel about this? Like, yeah. not what are you going to say because, you know, you want a lot of YouTube likes or you want like Instagram to think you're neat. Like, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like, how do you feel? Because like you said, it goes to the source and the source is always going to be the truth. And I feel like being honest, I know they say it's the best policy, but like, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with being honest. Unless you have bad intentions, that's going to come out. And those are the people that are going to be scared about being honest. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's only so long you can keep up a, a facade or, or a lie, isn't there? There's only so long that that will, that will I last. don't even, if I, if I, I can't, like, I just can't mm. do it. So like anytime I have had to lie, I'm just like, shit, I'm never going to remember that. <laughs> like, it's not the <laughs> truth, so I can't remember it. Oh, gee. Gee. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so where do you think, where do you think from here, so so people hearing this and they're they're maybe they're new to social media and they're just leaping out into their career. What do you think the right balance is? Or like, and I know I'm asking you a loaded question here because we did speak in the beginning that there's no right cookie cutter way right. of approaching your creative journey. <laughs> but where do you think the future is? So if somebody wants to kind of leap out onto the stage as a professional full time artist, what's it going to take from your perspective? It's a weird question because like you're talking about you want this to reach the people that are starting out. I'm like, oh, good. That's me. I'm going to listen. Like, because I still don't feel like I don't feel like I've made it anywhere. Like, I'm still learning stuff. I'm still like, what is my method for painting? Like, I don't know. So the things like that where it's like, where do you think someone should start or like, where do we go from here kind of thing? I, I don't know. Like, I think that if you want to do something, you're going to find a way to do it. And that's why all of our journeys are unique, but still kind of like we maintain that common denominator of our feelings kind of being the same. So I think that each person, no matter what the algorithm is that gets you to where you feel comfortable, that's what you should do. Because no matter what, like you're going to figure it out. No matter if you lose your house, if you lose your significant other, if 
you know, you get a billion million dollars and you're still not fulfilled. Like that drive that we decided to be artists for, or like we innately know that we're an artist. Like we have that creative thing. I always knew I was different. I didn't know it was because I was like a weirdo artist. Like I just thought I was like, I don't fit in anywhere. Like that's me, but we're all that. And so because of that, it kind of ties us in together, but our journeys are different because like we're all coming at it in this place where we're like, I have to do this and I don't know how, but I'm going to make it happen. So that might not be like the best advice, but like, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. Like they'll, whoever wants something so badly that it keeps them up at night, they're going to do it. Look, I think that's a that's a perfect answer to it. Again, I, I, and as I said, it was it was a bit of a loaded question because I I I know full well that there's no way you can just say, "Bam, this is where we go. This is how we do it." Yeah. Um, and and I think what it comes down to as well is that burning desire to create the best that you know how to create. You know, mm-hmm. and and to yeah. to speak all. And again, you mentioned that word is one of my favorite words: uh, authenticity. To speak yeah. authentically about what really moves you as an artist, <clears throat> and then I think out of doing that, out of out of really deliberately searching for that, the mm-hmm. path reveals itself. Right, and yeah. you might not even know it until like like even just talking to you, we are now reflecting on like our past and looking mm-hmm. back, and it becomes a little more clear because now you're looking at it with like a different set of eyes than whenever you went through it and you had no other choice but to do this commission or you had to do a you know like you had to work with someone you don't like or you had to you know whatever it might be you might not know it at that time but whenever you look back you're like I couldn't have done it any other way or in the future this is how I will do it but everything you decide on doing in every way you want to do it if there's intention in being yourself in there I mean, that's all you can do. And I think that that ends up sorting itself out in our kind of mental health discussion. Like if you're just being you, I think that that's where, you're, where you or I mean, if you as the general you is anything like me, that's where you'll find your happiness is being you instead of being who people who you have projected yourself as or who people want you to be or who people expect you to be. It's weird because being on YouTube, I find myself getting further and further away from that. I have to continually yeah. hit the reset button and come back. It's like, mm-hmm. should I say that? No, that's stupid. That's how you open every video. Enter. Say this. No, no. What, yeah, no, you like are hyper analyzing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too much light. Light from the forty-five Rembrandt lighting. Okay. What, what about what if it, this jumper, this sweatshirt, this T-shirt? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, um, I stayed up all night last night. Makeup under the eyes? No, no makeup. Okay. Well, what am I doing? Uh, whatever. Uh, it, it, it's just. <laughs> this constant kind of battle but but again i i find for myself you know just again reflecting what you're saying there like when when i when i just go you know what it just it doesn't matter what's yeah. in me let's just find that thing in me let's yeah. get that out let's not focus on try and preempt what other people want to see whether it's with my yeah. art or or anything and i think again for people starting out if we if we check back in and go okay it's not about painting something that I think or drawing something that I think somebody else wants to see mm-hmm. and, and, and doing another portrait of the Joker that, that right. I think somebody wants to see. I mean, come on. Right. right. Have you noticed this? Phenomenon? No, I just, I laughed because like there was like four that popped up when I opened my Instagram uh, right? this morning. I was like, uh, I get it. It's very okay. hot right now. <laughs> okay. It's, it, but it, that, that, that's exactly right. It's everywhere. Well, that's somebody else's unique idea. Like that's the thing is like making yeah. fan art kind of, it doesn't, do whatever you want to do. If it makes you happy, make, you know, make it. But like, mm. 
Mm. It's like, for me, it's like, but somebody had that. It's not my idea. So I feel weird, like taking it. Okay. I've just hit Instagram. That's the first damn post. All right. That's the first one. Mark what do we have? Stop listening to us. There we go. There we go. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, now that it's not the Joker, but it's look, there's some, and whoever drew that, I mean, no disrespect. It's an awesome drawing. Like they're, they're awesome works, but I do feel but I like see what they want to say. Like I want to like, that's okay. So whenever I teach a workshop, this is mm. going to be like just a little, a me thing mm. for a second. Um, whenever I teach a workshop, I don't like if I'm teaching from reference, which is most of my workshops are I'm teaching from like photographic reference. I show how I set up my model, how I shoot it because mm -hmm. Hey, guess what, guys? I'm using reference a lot. Models can't hold those crazy poses all that time. Yeah. But yeah. like, I don't want them to use my reference. Bring whatever you want to draw. Whatever you are inspired by. I'm just teaching you like weird little techniques and trip, like little tricks that I've like tried mm -hmm. to make that get me there faster. Mm -hmm. But like, you're not gonna make anything half as good if you're copying someone else's work totally can copy like you know master we would copy masterworks forever that's how we learn whenever i first started i was yeah. like just copying people i didn't know what i was trying to say yeah. and through that i just stopped looking at other people's stuff and copying them and tried mm -hmm. to like do my own thing mm -hmm. and that's when i feel like we make our best work is whenever we're just like hey i have all these like technical skills and i i'm i know what i'm doing why am i like muting my thoughts to copy their work that they've already done. Yeah. Uh, look, I really went on a tangent there. No, 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 no. Perfect. No, not at all. That totally relates because, you know, again, I mean, that's an interesting one as well with the reference using photo references versus not using photo references. I mean, I have the same thing. Yeah. Again, working with models is great. <laughs> But sometimes, yeah. like if you I'm paying, you should definitely do that as an exercise. You should know yeah. how people move and are yeah. shaped. But I can't afford to pay them for like the amount of hours I'm going to be working on that painting. Exactly. And, and, and also, they're never going to nail that pose again. Like, oh man, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> having a having an absolute like just an abundance of references means that now I'm in control of the process. I, yeah, and yeah, again. I to dispel the myth uh there because there was something that i was discussing in one of the videos that i put out on youtube about the use of photographic reference mm -hmm. as artists we've been using not just <laughs> reference material but lenses in art for hundreds of years and that's something that people don't like the puritans are like oh well, we don't do that i'm like but they did when they could and they found a way to do it and that's why we're here <laughs> because yeah. like that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I just feel like going, okay, so do we, do you think that Caravaggio or Vermeer were charlatans? Like, were these people like hacks? Like mm -hmm. they, these guys traced. Okay. We're, we're talking. Yeah, they had we're talking, to. These were like yeah. big commissions. They had to get it. Like they, yeah. people, they just romanticize things a little too much when it's like, well, should we do away with toilets? Like we didn't have that back then either. What about your fancy lighting? Like are you painting <laughs> by candlelight? Are you digging up corpses to study their anatomy? Like well, I just, dark. it's weird to me what people focus on of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like why? You're just, you're only using it to either hold yourself higher, which is anything that you want. Like that kind of thing is probably an ill intended thing. Or you're using it to like make someone else feel bad about like why their work is good or mm. not good. Mm. Like, First of all, that's a subjective word. Who gives a shit? Like, I don't care who uses what reference. If I like the piece, I like the piece. Mm -hmm. And if I end up not liking the piece down the road, it's probably because I don't like the artist, not because the piece is bad. Wow. Like, I don't care okay. who used what reference. Like, that's a dope painting. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool.
Let's let's talk a little bit about your work itself and your techniques and your approach. You know, first of all, like a, a fantastic variety of subjects. And and again, man, I'm such a fan. Like I love what you do. And I and and again, I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here with me now, but 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 a little bit. And that fifty dollars I Venmoed you earlier. <laughs> it actually hasn't landed in the account yet. I would have said okay. more. But the, <laughs> but you're like, um, yeah, the more you pay, the more I gush. And that's just <laughs> the way this works. And that's how this show runs. <laughs> that, that And that's that's now the secret's out. Author this is how this this podcast works. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, you know, the, the drawing that I really like was the one of Smeagol, Um on. Oh, my on, God. Thank you for liking that. Yeah. You said Gollum earlier and I was like. Oh my God, I love Gollum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's so cool. Like, you know, pesky little hobbits. Is, it, it's just, it is so, it's so well done. Talk to me first. I, I, I want to know just from somebody who's now just getting back into drawing after so many years. I, I started this thing called Sketch Endeavor where I encourage other people to draw every day and and yeah. to and to yeah share their work on Instagram using the hashtag yeah. Sketch Endeavor. Um, but, but at least if you do that and you follow that, it'll show up. Yeah, like, it'll show up. It'll show up. There's like a way and, to see it. And I, I am seeing so many amazing people that are, are, are just jumping into that and dedicating themselves to doing what they love. And, and that's a cool thing. But but now that I'm getting into drawing again, like I'm looking at people like you and, and other amazing draftsmen and, 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 and just insane artists from around the world, like the skill. So what what what's your favorite paper to draw on? You're obviously using charcoal and, and white chalk as well. well Can I'm you... so excited that we're about to geek out over art supplies. Let's, let's do it. I want to know how you do it. I'm, I've got my pen ready. I'm going to make a list. Okay. Let's go. Hell yeah. Okay. So I always use toned paper. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just like in the beginning, if you want to just like eliminate a step, which is called making a mid tone, get a toned paper, whether it be like a dark paper or whatever. I usually use gray. I tend to go to the cooler side of things. I like cooler compositions. I go for like cooler painting palette, like whenever I paint. Um, so I, I use right now I'm really into fabric. Actually the computer sitting on a I'll just move it because, oh, well, look at here. This oh, is, wow. <laughs> Fabriano. Fabriano. Uh, I use the clay tone. I love, like, I love the texture of Fabriano. It's very absorbent with the charcoal to where, like, it's not too cottony feeling. Where You know what I'm talking about? Where you, like, mm -hmm. lay in charcoal and it just stays there. Like, you can't blend it. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a nice, like, in-between. Um, I'm just going to feel it because it feels really nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like it. I use a toned paper and then I use powdered charcoal or powdered pastel. I just get a piece of sandpaper and powder it. And then wow. I dip in with a, a brush, a bristle brush and start making uh, white shapes first, like the highlights. I go for lights first, which is completely opposite of most people. So, so you're, <laughs> you're, you're painting with the chalk dust. I'm painting. Yeah. It's very painterly. So it's, it's wow. a lot more liberating and free because I, because I'm self-taught, I didn't take a lot of chances. So I'm yeah. very timid. I was very timid approaching things. So I'm like, well, if I go light first, it's not as intimidating as the darks. So my pieces can feel finished at any stage because I've got the toned paper and now I've just like done the, the light shapes. And then from there, I'll take like a mechanical eraser or, you know, gum eraser and then draw out, you know, where the dark shapes are going to be then add more highlight like with a pencil now like more precision blend it with a brush because it really makes a nice airbrushy mm. quality 
then start laying in the darks with the brush and the powder charcoal <clears throat> or pastel. Wow. wow. And, and then at the end, it kind of like emerges and you just put a couple of little like dark, like darkest darks. And mm. then you have an eye without actually drawing the eye. It's a non-committal way of approaching everything that can feel really intimidating. Wow. Okay. So, so the white chalk, is there a particular kind of white chalk that you love using? Or, I really like Sennelier. Um, okay. I think it's a really luxurious feeling brand, but at the same time, if you don't have access to that, or you just have like, I use a, a general's products a lot. I use their charcoal and their white pass or their white charcoal pencil. You can powder that also. Okay. So I also like powdering it yourself too because you can control the grit like if you need it grittier for any sort of reason um i usually like it pretty fine but um yeah i powder the white first and then start paint basically painting and sculpting out the face that way and then it kind of forms without you doing too much work and it's exciting the whole time <laughs> instead of like oh crap <laughs> that's awesome because i that's what I love is this balance in your work between this kind of loose painterly quality, but you seem to just draw it to a beautiful close and just, and refine it just the right amount. Just enough. Like that's just the thing enough. is like knowing yeah. your restraint, just like with any artist, mm. you have to know when to just stop doing it. Cause you could work on the same piece for the rest of your life and never wow. find it. Yeah. You have to just say as much as you can with, or I'm trying to say as much as I can with the fewest actual lines Wow. I like to put like fun lines in like, you know, not the face, but like using the hair or like the shapes or textures or something, but like to, to imply things where you can imply them, but perfect the most important parts. And that's totally your own like personal opinion on which you find the most important and where you want to lead the eye. But for me, like <clears throat> this approaching drawings in this way has made it, has made me value charcoal in a way I don't think that it is valued. I think charcoal is a very undervalued medium. I think mm -hmm. that people are just like, oh, that's cool. I want to learn how to draw so I can paint, which, yeah, you probably really need to learn how to draw before you paint, but it can be its own amazing medium where you have completed pieces that are incredibly textured and layered and a lot going on in them where people are just like, oh, but it's not a painting. There was, um, there was an Australian artist by the name of George Lambert who drew a charcoal portrait of somebody called Thea Proctor. And the, I, I had the fortune of seeing this original portrait drawing hanging at the National Gallery of Australia in Canberra, in, in Australia's capital. That portrait drawing just stopped me in my tracks and it made me realize at that time, oh my goodness, I know nothing. And it was just, it was Don't so, like really like you follow, uh, like you keep that and it follows you forever. And it was so hauntingly <laughs> beautiful. It wasn't that it was like intricately rendered or detailed, mm -hmm. it, but it was just, it, it, this guy had emotion and feeling for the subject and it just was a statement. Bam. And there it is. And everything's I intentional. Yeah, like that, yeah. those always floor me where everything mm. is intentional, where yeah. you're just like, wow. And, and I, I guess... You know, the, the, this is the important thing as well about looking at old masters' works and 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 work online to inspire us to to mm -hmm. to kind of keep going. I again, I'm going to say, like my experience with drawing has been, you know, graphite on cartridge paper, and I didn't mm -hmm. really get into the tonal stuff of <laughs> using a toned paper or chalk. Uh, to, right. to lay in highlights until really recently. And this has opened up a whole new world for me. Can I please have, so other people 
um, don't give me a hard time. Can I have <laughs> your permission to give this technique that you're describing a shot? Yeah, for sure. And okay, if you do, cool. like, let me, I want to see like what you come up with. Like, all right. It, it really, I, I love that it just makes it to where I, I feel like anytime I'm teaching a class and people are doing it, you can see that they really are like, what at first? And then yeah. like, they start really getting into it because from yeah. the very beginning, it starts making sense. Mm. Instead of like, okay, first I have to do this and then I have to like, uh, and then I have to work around and then build it. Like we're building it. Yeah, for sure. But like, because it's on the tone paper, it's already coming to life as soon as you put the white down and it makes, I don't know what it is about the bristle brushes. You'd think that it would be very like harsh, but mm. like the softer the brush, the worse it works with this technique. So you need something like with a lot of like, like, like it needs to be very like stiff but also like, like you can, I scrub it in a lot. Scrub it. And the okay. more you scrub it in, like into the, like if you're just blending out, well, I wish I could just like show you what I'm talking about right now. But um, <laughs> the more you like scrub the, the powder pigment in, the more it's very airbrushed and very soft. And mm -hmm. it's just like, oh my God, it's my favorite <laughs> world. It's just like watching it like pop out and come to life immediately. That's awesome. You know, there's something so beautiful about hearing an artist who's completely dialed in and loves what they do and the technique I of doing it. That's, <laughs> it's so cool, man. It's so cool. Cause I, I mean, I, I feel that way about oil painting and about drawing as well. I mean, about all this stuff, I totally geek out about it. I mean, I'm addicted to it. It's my life. And, right. and it's also like a weird addiction. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, Okay. I, I think it's pretty safe to say this because everybody that's listening to this podcast is going to be a creative or an artist to some, yeah. to some extent. They're but, in it because they're geeking out with us. Yeah, they're like, ge totally geeking out. I feel I love it. Pastels. <laughs> but I, I, do you ever feel like sorry for people that aren't creative or arty? Yes. It's like, oh my God, all the time. It's like, all the time. What? I, I can't say who it is, but I have a family member because just in case they listen, who's like, just like they're not they don't like you know do any kind of creative thing and they're like well you read too much or you know like you're a weird artist or whatever and it's just like but don't you want to like why wouldn't you want to do that it feels so great and I do feel a little like mm. I wish that you could do this because I feel like you would feel good inside yeah not that they're depressed it's just like oh everybody should try it everybody should just yeah. like what, what do you have to lose? What, you're going to make a bad piece? Who's going to know? Who yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think um, it's this idea that I've been playing with a little bit recently where, and I'm not saying that to say that I'm the originator of this idea, um, but it's just something that I'm really... going to join us now. Oh, for, okay. <laughs> He's so, been sleeping right here the whole time. So yeah. for the people that are listening to the audio version of this podcast, there's now a very cute puppy on Kate's lap. And who is this that is joining us? Zeus, this is my dog. Um, I've had him since he was five weeks old, and he is eight now. He's blind, and he's my best friend. <laughs> hey, Zeus. Um, yes. And I understand you've drawn him recently. I've seen that drawing on your Instagram. It is it is beautiful. Um, but can, can, have you got it there so I can actually have a look at it? I do. Funny you should ask. Here it is. Um, <laughs> I just found it under my computer. Um, yeah. I just, like, Sean did a painting of Zeus for my birthday. I'm just like, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. 
and he just draws Zeus a lot. And I'm like, I, I should probably draw this guy. I've had him for so long and I've never really like attempted to draw him for real. And so I just had this really great picture of him outside in the grass. And I was like, I'm going to draw that. So like all I have right here is I have like a little outline in uh, just the big mechanical pencil and then some white charcoal. So that's really all that's going on. And then like a little bit of graphite just for whenever I decide to add some charcoal, like darker charcoal. Beautiful. It's got yeah. such great feeling, great character. I love your technique. I, I'm definitely going to be playing with it. I can't wait to see what you think of it, like if you like it or what you come up with, because like that's what's so cool is like not providing reference or not like trying to like influence anybody. I'm just like, just do this cool thing. And then like you do whatever you want to do. And it kind of like, like, I guess it must feel like how people make like 3D models of stuff whenever they have a, like a linear idea and then they put it out and then it's like a thing. Like, that's how I feel about this technique, but yeah. I'm all geeking out about it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do a little bit of painting as well? I mean, I, I do. I, yeah. yeah. So what, what's a split for you? Is it like most of it charcoal drawing or like, what, what, okay. Most, like, you know how it gets whenever you just like, you do a medium for so long without changing how you're doing it and you're like a little bored or you just want to spice it up. So I started, like I used some gold leaf with charcoal for a little while. That was pretty cool. And then I have some ideas for more charcoal, but I want to get back into painting mm -hmm. and more textures because I don't nice. paint like how I draw. I don't know how I paint. I don't have a formula. I'm mostly just like, I hope this looks okay. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know what yeah. to do. I'm just like winging it because I'm self-taught. So I'm just figuring it out on my own. Sure. Like I have Sean around now who's like there if I need to ask questions, but I'm really stubborn. So I want to figure it out without anybody's help. Okay. So it becomes kind of like a, like I have this whole wonderful utopia of information that's just available to me if I need it. But I'm just like, I got this far. I just want to figure it out because like, I, I feel like I can, I'm stubborn, which is total, totally counterintuitive to me teaching workshops. <laughs> like I don't, I know it's weird. I'm a hypocrite, but I wish that I would have taken workshops whenever I first started out. I don't even know what you asked the question about. Now I'm over here. Oh, painting. Yeah, yeah I do paintings. Um, right now I'm working on a painting of a friend of mine, this amazing model. She looks like seriously like Sargent or even like a Muka, you know, like just incredible timeless features. Um, we did a shoot the other day. I'm so excited about it. I started out in a different way than I usually do. And I'm just going to start scratching it down and then building it up again and then scratching it down. I just want more texture. I want my paintings to feel more alive than I feel like they do currently. Because I, if I'm bored making the paintings, then I'm assuming people are going to be bored looking at the paintings. I, I don't know. I mean, from seeing a few of your paintings uh, again online, I, I just... I'm blown away. I'm just like, wow, man. It, it's skill. It's hard to go past somebody that, that that has got a lot of skill. But this is the other thing that I really love is that most of the people that I talk to, I would say 99.999%. I've only met a couple of people that had it whipped and figured out. And they mm -hmm. told you all about it. And they didn't have it figured out, by the way. They, yeah. just, they were just saying that they They're did. They're just so, like, it's funny how much conviction can get you by <laughs> oh wow but um but you yeah to me it just it just hits me it's like smelling salts it's like whoa dude we cannot be in the same room at the same time holy moly because the thing that I, that gets me and it just gets me so enthusiastic and, and juiced about this thing that there's painting and drawing and art you know is it how much there is to know like it's, they're it's they're, too much it's endless it's endless and yeah like using like 
you know, Sean makes his drawings a certain way and then I make my drawings a certain way. And just the difference between how we're both approaching it, mm. like who cares about the end product at this point? Like how different and crazy. And like to talk about techniques with another artist is probably one of my favorite things to talk about, like yeah. materials, like application technique. Like mm. it's so fascinating how we've chosen to do this thing and make the thing look like the thing that's in our head. Like, so for me, like making paintings right now is like, I don't want to just make a painting on a panel. Everyone's doing that and they're doing it so well that I don't feel that that I can change the game in that way. Like I'm not, I'm trying to do something fun, not like original because no one's original anymore, but like just something that feels like really good. Cause with my, my charcoal stuff, I feel like I'm doing something really different and it feels different. And I, I'm enthusiastic about like my approach with that with painting. I'm more like, okay, I'm painting a, you know, a subject just like on a panel, which I try every painting to make something a little bit weird or off about it so that I can bring it back to like, this will be me and this thing. So I got kind of burnt out on everything last year. And I was like, I want to start painting again, but I don't like, I have panels everywhere I just don't really want to paint a painting on a panel so I went to the flea market the Rose Bowl flea market here in Pasadena and just bought like a bunch of old antique stuff like over here I have and I got this compact and I did a painting of mine and Sean's eyes oh in it. wow I don't know if it's like showing up that is yeah but, that is absolutely showing up what a beauty what a thing thanks. I was just like, I, I just want to make stuff on stuff. So then I bought some magnifying glasses and then like scratched the surface a little bit and then painted stuff on that. Yeah. And so now I know I have like a bunch of things that I haven't actually painted. Like the first thing I tried was a bowl. I tried to paint on a, like a glass, like goldfish bowl, which was weird. Um, but just stuff like that where I just want to like have fun mostly. And like sure. for me, that was super fun. I got to paint. I got to like, you know, practice oil painting and, you know, like different techniques that I've been thinking about. Cause like, we're always learning about art, even if we're not making art, we're constantly like trying to absorb all the information from other painters that we're seeing, whether it's like old masters or contemporary painters, we're always trying to learn all the things. So I was trying to take what I had like learned and apply it into like something that seemed more fun for me. So now with the new thing that I'm doing with painting is just like I've st- I've put one layer of just like a block in like just block shapes where like it looks like, you know, the thing that it is, but I'm going to scratch it down and then add more layers of it and then eventually perfect like the drawings, just like put a little bit of information and then hopefully it can just like pop out. We're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I said we're hoping like Gollum just now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! It is it, this. It's real with you, isn't it? It's uh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. All all of those personalities in one head. They're all in there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is this has been a great great conversation. I've really enjoyed this so much, this and I, I I appreciate your 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 honesty and your openness as well. And you know, I I think I think we maybe need a bit more of that. In, in this space. Um, and this is something again, that I, I enjoy so much about the podcast is getting a chance to really drill down into somebody else's story. Sure. Their art, their technique, but how they got to where they go. And then also hearing what makes them tick. And that's yeah. why it's just such a treat. And so thank you, you know, Kate, thank for your, you. It's your been really time. Good, and, like, 
we we are we are the people that are making the art so i think it's important like hmm. you're not just the guy who makes the videos and the podcasts and all that stuff and 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 your art like you're a human being and it's really cool to like you said like strip it down but then like connect to that person who's probably a lot like you and hmm. that's why i feel like the honesty is awesome and it's like led me to be able to have like a really cool conversation today and now a new fellow conspiracy theorist <laughs> <laughs> well kate zambrano this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on The Creative Endeavor. Thank you so much. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode of The Creative Endeavor podcast and a huge thank you to Kate Zambrano for joining me. You can find Kate's work on her website at www.katezambrano.com and on Instagram, all one word, at Kate Zambrano. And that last name is spelt Z-A-M-B-R-A-N-O. Make sure you check out her fantastic work. I'm sure you're going to come away just as inspired as I was. Well, I have many more episodes of the Creative Endeavor podcast on the way. And I'm actually in a bit of a transition period now. I set up a little studio in my home, discovered very quickly that that wasn't going to work. So now I'm setting up a brand new podcasting studio in my big painting studio where I normally work. So I'm going to have a little corner set up there. And I'm going through all the soundproofing and all of the technical stuff to make sure that the quality of the show is even better here in the future. So I've got a couple more episodes to bring to you, and then I'm going to start recording again from the brand new studio. So that will be on the way very, very soon. I've also been thinking about moving this show from weekly to every fortnight, so one episode every two weeks. Of course, I did take that little break over the Christmas and New Year's period as we were developing or setting up our gallery. So that took some time, but now I hope to get back into the regular swing of things. Now, if you really, really twist my arm and you want to have this as a weekly show, then simply hit me up through the website. I'm very conscious about spamming people with too much content, and I don't want to wear you out. So if this is something you want to hear every week, let me know. And depending on the response that I get through the website uh, will depend on whether I make this weekly or I stick to that fortnightly schedule from here on out in 2020. But regardless, whatever schedule we're going to keep, the Creative Endeavor is here to stay, and I've got many more podcasts on the way for you. Now, if you liked this episode and you appreciate content like this, then please do me a huge favor and leave me a rating or a review or both on whatever audio platform you're listening on. It makes a huge difference to the show in terms of how discoverable it is. Help me get this podcast out to the world. I really, really appreciate it. it just take a quick second to just leave me a rating or a review and help me spread the word. Thank you so much. Well, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed your company here today, and I look forward to being with you again in another episode of The Creative Endeavor. Thank you.